God loves us so much that we can't imagine how much God actually loves each and every one of us. It's always an honor to stand before you. And before we get started, I just wanted to say that God is unfolding a new narrative. When I was a Wesley Foundation director, we were intentional about how we reached the students on campus for Christ. We celebrated little wins, whether it was a dinner or smoothies at lunch, a movie night. We always found ways to celebrate as we invited others on our journey in Christ. Last week reminded me of how we celebrate as followers of Christ, a series of little wins. We recognize babies born in 2018. We launched communion with the children in Children's Church. We supported our international mission team and raised a couple of thousand dollars for projects in Honduras. We heard an empowering update from the vision team. And later that evening, our confirmands, the youth and their parents, gathered in the chapel for an impromptu prayer vigil for Nail Sims. The prayers of those young people would bring tears to your eyes. We launched our collaboration with the United Methodist Communications to help us guide us in sharing our story with not only those around us, but within the United Methodist Connection. It was an energizing day where we planted seeds that will nurture and grow as we live out what it means to make disciples who make a difference. In other words, Trey, we had our Super Bowl Sunday last week. See, we're in the midst of establishing a new narrative. Being a follower of Christ is risky business, not because in this space there is a danger of being martyred, of being rejected or labeled an outcast, or even thrown over a cliff like Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. See, being a follower of Christ is risky because Jesus is calling each of us to move beyond preconceived notions, to move beyond prescribed roles and expectations, to transgress boundaries, and to resist the old, the familiar, and the routine. This morning, God is unfolding a new narrative. Our lectionary passage begins with a highly provocative words from Jesus and places us in the synagogue in the middle of the action. Jesus is teaching on the Sabbath in his hometown of Nazareth. And as he opens the scroll and immediately looks for Isaiah 61, all eyes are focused on him. 
He proclaims to the temple crowd, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolls up the scroll and takes a seat. Customarily, after the scripture has been read, it was time for teaching and making application of what had been read. The reader would take his seat and the rabbi would stand to teach. But with the attention of those in the synagogue focused on him, Jesus declared to be the fulfillment of the prophecy. See, those who were present were impressed by the gracious words flowing from his mouth. Because in their mind, Jesus had confirmed the solid foundation of who they were as God's chosen people. It is in this moment the Jewish community recognizes Jesus as one of their own. And they are reminded that they are the recipients of this good news. Yet through this startling and gracious announcement, and by retelling the ancient story of Elijah and Elisha, Jesus points to the reality that God is unfolding a new narrative. We, in many ways, are like the temple crowd, being reminded of the ancient familiar, the routine stories that bring comfort and joy to Dauphin Way, the pastors that have graced these pulpits, the miracles of healing that have graced these walls, the joys of babies being born, baptized, confirmed, married, and throughout the years, the celebrations of life and death. And for those of us who are new, there's more to come. We are the temple crowd, and God is unfolding a new narrative. In the temple, the crowd heard and understood. They remembered the Elijah and Elisha stories. They were Old Testament prophets, where the widow who was obedient and faithful to God was willing to give the last of what she had to save Elijah's life and receive a blessing from God. They knew the story of Naaman the Syrian, who was initially resistant to Elisha's prophetic instructions, but eventually went and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan and was healed of his leprosy. The temple crowd knew and understood these ancient stories, the stories that validated who they are, the stories that brought comfort to them as a people to confirm their identity as being the chosen one. But Jesus was unfolding a new narrative. He had taken the ancient, the familiar, the old, and the routine, 
and introduced an element to the crowds that would challenge their faith perspective. He was telling them that they needed to broaden their horizons. They needed to go beyond what they already knew. See, in his summation to the temple crowd, Jesus reminds them that the widow and the Naaman, the Syrian, were Gentiles. They were not sent as Jewish people to save God's chosen. They were the lowest of the low. They were the outcasts. They were the people on the edge. And God had reached beyond the people of Israel to welcome those who were represented, the marginalized, the unloved, the oppressed, the poor, the hurt, the hungry, the widow. In other words, this faithful, grace-filled journey in Christ is only about the people who need to hear the good news and not the ones who have already received it. See, by making the hope of Christ present and real, we do not contain nor limit God. And we couldn't, even if we tried. When Jesus presented this new narrative, the temple crowd was angry and they rejected him. His announcement and proclamation became clear to those gathered in the synagogue. Their commitment to their own community boundaries took precedence over their joy that God had sent a prophet among them whose gracious words flowed from his lips. See, in many ways, we are being challenged like this temple crowd to recognize that we're being called to carry Jesus beyond the in crowd, beyond the walls, beyond the supper clubs, beyond the Bible studies, beyond the small groups, beyond the small wins and celebrations, we're being challenged to witness and embrace the God who is unfolding a new narrative. It is through the outsiders and those people who are living on the edge, through the faith of those who are in jail, through the faith of those being served by family promise, through the faith of those who line up for the Society of St. Stephen's, through the love of Meals on Wheels and the stability of Raise the Roof, It is through the continuous stories of triumph and perseverance from those within this two-mile radius that we are called to build relationships and bridges, but not walls. God is unfolding a new narrative and inviting us to join him there. But how will we respond to such a request from an almighty God? Will we respond with adoration and excitement or anger and rejection? That the familiar, the ancient, the routine, the this is the way it's always been narrative is being challenged today by Jesus Christ. 
We had two sets of students in our Wesley Foundation. All of the students celebrated small wins. And one day on Tuskegee University's campus, we were standing around the Booker T. Washington Memorial, ready to take a picture. And I took that moment to thank all the students who wanted to share what we were doing at the Wesley. And they had designed posters and put them all up over campus. And I was saying thank you to them because we wanted to share Christ. At least some of us did. I found out in that moment that there was a group of students who were going around taking the posters down. They did not want us to grow. They wanted us to stay an intimate group of followers of Christ where we could share together. They did not want new people coming in to undo the status quo. They wanted to keep the familiar. They wanted to keep the routine. They wanted to stay comfortable. But Jesus is challenging all of us to grow beyond our group and proclaim to the lost the hurt, the suffering that Jesus is here. I don't mean inside these walls. I mean out in the world. Jesus is here. How much more might me be able to do if we were already willing to go beyond the boundaries of the community and limits of love that we ourselves have erected? See, this morning the intent of the crowd was hostile, but Luke emphasized that Jesus was not stopped by them. God's grace and love is never subject to our limitations, never subject to our boundaries. God is unfolding a new narrative. Fundamentally, our Lord's message, though rejected in this passage, is about himself. He did not come merely to preach a gospel. He himself is that gospel. He did not come merely to give bread. He said, I am the bread. He did not come merely to shed light. He said, I am the light. He did not come merely to show the door. He said, I am the door. He did not come merely to name a shepherd. He said, I am the shepherd. He did not merely come to point the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God is unfolding a new narrative. So in this moment, let us open our hearts to go beyond the familiar, to go beyond the routine, to go beyond the comfort, and bring out words of grace and love to those who need it the most. Out there, the ones waiting in line, 
the ones we're about to worship and serve with over the next week at Family Promise out there, the ones who are being served with Raise the Roof out there, the ones who are in the jails that need the words of grace and love. And when we are in this place and people walk through these doors, let us show them the love of Christ. And when we walk out, let us be the love of Christ. God is unfolding a new narrative. And in that new narrative is the grace and the love that brings us to this table. Where God is and Jesus is love.